0: This is the Third Act Podcast, shining a spotlight on individuals, charities, and small business owners suffering from illness, economic shutdown, or lack of support and funding. Meaningful conversations that generate compassion and financial support from listeners compelled to join us on this journey to improve the lives of others.
1: I'm going to dance with the stranger. I'm going to enjoy your show. I'm going
0: to learn to focus and really let it go. And most of all, I want to shine a light on good and look
1: to give back. And that's what I'll do with my third, third act.
0: And now your host, Roger Steed. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Third Act podcast with my special guest, Clay Bwinken, Clay was kind to invite me to do a podcast with him three weeks ago, and this is my effort to provide his wisdom and experience to the Third Act community. First, I should mention that Clay and many other Texans are still experiencing the aftermath of the huge storm system that shut down most of Texas for over a week. Clay, I hope you came out of the storm in decent shape, and I hope the warm temperatures are starting to provide some hope Yeah, things are getting a little bit better.
1: Yeah, they are, and we have thought out. Matter of fact, uh, two days ago, it was eighty three degrees here. (laughs) Woo! I like that. I like to have some of that. We were out there in in our shorts and flip flops. (laughs)
0: Fantastic.
1: Also, Clay is uh, finding his
0: purpose through a terrific podcast series he launched in early twenty twenty in response to the COVID nineteen crisis. I had the privilege to participate in the podcast series which he has an intriguing topic and tagline in search of the compassionate male. I will let Clay explain that in more detail in a moment. But first I would like to share that Clay is a very busy guy and has many balls in the air, all centered around the idea of bringing the best out of men through compassion and leadership. Clay is a life skills coach and a business leader. He is also an author of Circles of Men, a counterintuitive approach to creating men's groups and has dedicated over 20 years to making the world a better place by cultivating compassion, consciousness among men. He founded the Circles of Men Project in 2012, which has grown to be a worldwide network. I want to learn a little bit more about his new or his counterintuitive approach to bringing men together, and we'll touch on that in a minute. But then finally, as a base of support, his current purpose in life has come from being a marine corps officer and also spending 38 years in the corporate world clay what an incredible resume and pedigree and thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with the community thank you very much
1: it's wonderful to be here roger and i appreciate the invitation first obviously you gave me the 83 degrees i don't have to go through the austin (laughs) weather again
0: uh only makes me want to play a little bit of golf, which is impossible in Michigan right now. But first, I'd like to uh set the stage for our listeners, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. to go back to the beginning of what I'm calling your new life purpose. So listeners can get a flavor of what inspired you toward this new direction and mission to help men
1: find themselves. Can you share your story from that perspective, please? Sure. It starts in 2007. I'd been jetting around the world and the typical corporate guy climbing the ladder and the whole time being burned out and burning my candle at both ends and so forth and having this emptiness inside that I kept trying to fill this inside me by doing things outside. It caught up with me and I was sitting in the woods in Jamaica on vacation and long story short, I was on the verge of a heart attack and I sat there for three days. Not going to go to the hospital in Jamaica and found an incredible peace, realizing that this is my last day that I am not going to leave here. And something, it was a mystical experience, and that's a whole story from another time. Right. But I got home and sure enough, I, I had a heart attack in the hospital and left the hospital with a quintuple bypass. And this was in the fall of 07. And or mid 07, by the fall of 07, the market was crashing and I was jetting back and forth to New York City Park Avenue and 30, yeah, 32nd and Park. And I got laid off. But my last trip up there, I stood up on the top of the Empire State Building. And I looked down at my little office and I thought I made it to the top metaphorically. I'm at the top of the Empire State Building and it's almost killed me. Who am I, why am I here, where am I going? And that's where it started. And my dark night of the soul the next two years, and then coming back from that, that was the foundation of why I began to work with men.
0: You expressed to me in the podcast I did with you previously that you used your term, you scratched your chin a few times on the pavement. <laughs> I, love, I love that phrase, it, it, it fits me so well as well. But we all know that men and women come out of challenges sometimes in a positive way. And I think we both talked in the previous podcast about the somewhat positive effects that the COVID crisis pandemic has caused for certainly me in a positive vein, and probably many of your friends and clients and coaching pupils, if you will. Can you talk about a little bit about what you've heard and seen from people that have are asking that same question? What is my purpose in life? How do I go on? And how do I find that
1: sort of light to take me in a positive, purposeful direction? That's yeah, a $64,000 question. You know, I was supposed to go back to Africa, when COVID hit and I shut down. And that's what prompted the, the podcast right. in search of the new compassionate male. And I am searching and what I'm learning in talking with everybody I talk with is that there's an innate spark of compassion that is within every person. They may not know it or, or call it by that. But this year, while everyone has had to reflect differently on their lives, this question is coming up, what is this inside me? And I really do believe that with all the downward pressure that has been in the world, that pushing against that, this is a burn inside, that pushing against that that's a spark of compassion. That's the golden rule. The golden rule is going to win out here. And that's what's coming up. The new compassionate male is emerging as a new archetype.
0: And you explained a little bit before, and I hope you can go into a little bit more detail now about this new compassionate male that is a deeper thing for you. So can you go into a little bit about what you've seen and heard and maybe even the transitions that men and maybe women through your conversations with them are making through this period and how maybe they're finding their purpose in life through that journey so to speak
1: well it's interesting first i'm in search of so i don't have the answer i'm engaging everybody in the conversation what is this compassionate mean and i don't say compassionate man i say compassionate male because we're all involved men and women, we've all got the divine male energy in us, like we've got the divine feminine energy. And again, this is the opportunity. The whole world is going through massive change. If you follow astrology, it's even pointing to that. And uh, I call it we're in the liminal space, that we're just breaking through. And all of this imp- so many people don't know what words to put around it, but they can feel it. And as we've been able to be sequestered somewhat, more and more have been able to go within and begin at least to scratch the surface of what is this? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And uh, and there seems to be a lot of reflection on that. And there's I could do a podcast today. There's so many brilliant, beautiful people out there that have got that compassion, and they are exercising it in the world like what you're doing with your program.
0: No, I I totally agree. And I know this is not a fair question, but can you just (laughs) think back over the past year? I know you and Dennis have had some marvelous discussions and podcasts of your own. Can you just reflect on a few of those that stick in your mind that were really set you back and said, oh, my gosh, this is such a transition this person is going through. And the journey is so beautiful that it just made such an impression for you.
1: Two come to mind. One is Dr. Karambu Ringera in Kenya. She is a fabulous person, beautiful person, and is so well-grounded. I had the opportunity to work with her in August of uh, 2019 in Kenya with her men, and I've had her on. The other is a more recent one with Arun in India. Tremendous wonderful person speaking on all aspects of leadership.
0: I teased you this morning through an email, but I did listen to that podcast you did with Mm -hmm. them, you and Dennis, and it was phenomenal. It was really uh, enlightening and it uh, spoke to me in a lot of different ways. But can you remember or just put in a summary sort of capsule? what you took away from that discussion. I know your podcasts are a little bit longer, so you had time to go into a lot of different things, but (laughs) what what was the impression that you came away with and what stays with you today from that discussion?
1: The essence of his work is on leadership, all aspects of leadership and it's corporate leadership, individual leadership, organizations. And he uses the term wholesome leadership. I grew up, and you said of my Marine Corps days, my corporate days, I grew up with the, servant leadership model compassionate leadership servant leadership wholesome leadership it's all speaking the same slightly different language but it's the essence of creating an inspired vision modeling the way enabling others to act these sorts of things that are leadership that that bring people together he used different words but he was saying the same thing right and and i think more and more That's the evolution in successful business. Employees and the younger people coming up are demanding it. But
0: he he says it so beautifully and he uses such great metaphors to um, tell his stories. I don't know if you remember them, but just because I listened to it today, he uses the eagle and the condor and the balance coming together, which I thought was tremendous. And then he used the joker in the deck of cards which i thought was another good one does anything like that ring a bell to you or do I, you remember those
1: i remember those so well and and i'm glad that you mentioned them because i was just about tongue-tied <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he was a, a beautiful man yes he is
0: yes he is and and uh, he says it so eloquently and he says it in such a um I don't know the English language from an Indian gentleman. It just comes through as it know, sure does, almost like a priest or a pastor or something. It came came through very wholesome and very uh, honestly.
1: And let me say this: that I met him through the Charter for Compassion, Karen Armstrong's organization, and uh, I work with the Charter for Compassion. I'm developing their Men and Boys initiative, and Arun is on their board of uh, advisors, and so is through my work that I connected the dots and he was introduced and and that's where that came from. And he works with several other fantastic organizations like the charter. I think my uh, weekend is
0: going to be tied up at least to try to uh, pick off his TED talk, So I'm going to uh, look for that on YouTube. So that's probably <laughs> mm-hmm. time well spent. I thought we might also touch a little bit on your services, what you provide to your clients and the people that you talk to. Can you Talk a little about this, what you call this counterintuitive approach that you use when you talk with people, visit with people, and try to provide your guidance and mentorship toward them. What's your methodology for that?
1: So in short, I I, pu- I put things down on paper with the person that I'm working with. I want to, the typical things, who are you, what are you doing, where are things happening? But I, I do what I call heart mapping and people may see it like mind mapping, but it's on steroids, there's, there's more happening. And as we're going through and working side by side and going through discovery of where, he, where that person is intended to go, this picture begins to evolve and we build it together. And then that culminates in a model that says, oh, all of this that was spaghetti in my brain I now see an order to it, and I can see a frame of reference, and now I have choice. I can see myself in this lower quadrant, and that's not very good. Now I know I can go up, or I can go out, or I can go sideways.
0: Right, right. But
1: at least I have a mental picture. So to help build that picture there, and that's just a kind of a start point. But it gives you a sense of this is a hands-on, and we're not talking up in the air, and forgetting things. No, we're building a picture together, and that's that speaks to a, a good portion of it.
0: How long do these sessions last? Are you helping people for? I'm throwing this out: a six months, a year, is it a one time, and and they come back in a checkup in a year? How does it work?
1: Typically, my goal is to help them learn how to do what we're doing together. So I'm not interested in having somebody for a year or two. I'm talking four, six, eight sessions, and some go on to work on other things to continue to grow. But to get the initial, I like to have about four hours with a person, and that's in four different sections so we can back off and reflect Yeah, I can do my homework. They can do their homework. We come back together and continue to shape the picture together on paper.
0: And if they I'm going to make this up sort of, but I can see that I can visualize the picture. If someone has maybe a job issue or confusion, maybe has a personal relationship issue, maybe stemming from the job, and then he has this unfulfilled purpose in life he can't find, How does your methodology break those down and come back into sync for a purpose?
1: It's very fascinating. Everyone's unique, but it's the idea of getting all those down so you can visually see them and then begin to draw the relationships between the different issues and the commonality between them and the opportunities that come up. And then things that haven't even been said start to come into the picture to create that frame of reference. And it's applicable to whether it's job, home, a combination, everything that you were talking about. I've used it with companies in helping reset their strategy. So it's it's not just individuals, but it's also organizations.
0: Wow. Powerful. I know you talk to uh, women as well, particularly in your podcast series. I wanted to touch base a little bit on the the balance, because a lot of our listeners are going to be women. Thank, thank goodness. Thank you. But just talk about how you meld them into the thinking of the compassionate male and how they fit into your thinking as far as the methodology and your approach.
1: That's a great question. And let me say, share this, that from day one, when I launched my website, mensfellowship.net, the Google Analytics has proven out within one or two percentage points that literally half the people that come onto that web uh, come onto that website are women. Sure, they're looking for a resource for their man. Oh sure, and I tell you, there's another thing. I had I've had it more than once a woman come to me and say, Clay, the reason I visit your website is because I'm a man in a woman's body. Where do I go? So what I'm putting out there is good for everyone, but it's under the overarching of compassionate men in compassion, but the topics are are broad-reaching. Women have got to have a voice in this because they can see from another angle. And it's also helping them see that we are all wounded by the patriarchy. And when I said, hey, I'm the privileged white corporate, privileged white male, I've got everything going for me, and that's what they believe. Big they, okay, generalizing. Let me share my wound. And they go, oh you're wounded too we realize that woundedness is our common ground not to compare the wounds who's worse no but the fact that we are both wounded and to begin to honor that with one another and then begin to understand each other on a deeper level And that's where the real healing happens and that's why women i really value the women being engaged in this conversation it is so
0: but you do have this Cool. And I want to hear your um, thoughts about it. The the men's circle that you founded. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. And if someone's interested, how does one get involved with that?
1: First of all, they can visit my website, com. Yep. And on it you can find how to connect it. It's every Monday night. It's on Zoom. We've been we've been doing it for almost nine years, but the last year on Zoom. Okay. We do it differently. It is a network and not a group. We have gatherings and not meetings. We have topics of conversation and not topics of discussion. We're not there to fix one another. We're not there to call anybody out. And we suggest that you don't make a commitment to come. You set an intention. And when the time's right, you will be there. And we're there to hold space with you. And this is a place where, for me, I could learn how to connect my head and heart to begin to integrate them and to be because I didn't have the vocabulary growing up as a child to speak from the heart because we were shut down. Right. Now I can learn that and I can learn that in the presence of other men and a benefit of doing that together is the fact that I grew up not trusting men. And so we start to realize, oh, we have so much in common. We're struggling on the same things. and so. That's a sacred space where men, strong men men from all walks of life, are nurtured together.
0: I like that nurturing piece. But how do you even, I'm thinking of in my head or visualizing 50 or 60 people on this call, maybe it's fewer than that, but how do you structure the time element so that everyone that wants to express something and then they get the feedback from, um, Their brothers on the call. I'll call it. How does that work? How so do do
1: that? yeah. So people will. First of all, I, I invite people to be compassionately brief. And this isn't a discussion. This isn't I say something and then you respond back to me. No, this is a person is expressing themselves for the first time ever to say in a circle of men this happened to me and to be held, okay? And not everybody speaks. Matter of fact, there's guys that'll come in and I don't require anybody to speak. They'll spend the first three months just processing, listening, soaking up. Because when we have a circle of 20 men together and count it up, there's literally over a thousand life years of wisdom right there on that call. Oh, sure. And there's something that you can learn from me and I can learn from you because of our life experiences together. And this is a safe space for that to happen. I usually run as low as 12. I've had up to 35 in the circle. And it's the energy, because we learn that there's a pause after I finish speaking and the next person begins to speak because we want to hear, reflect in what was just said. And so not everybody will speak. And a lot of times there'll be Two, three, four minutes of silence. Now imagine that, 20, 30 guys in a circle and nobody feeling like they got to fill that void. Right. No, that's where the energy is. Yes, It's palpable. And that's the right. alchemy of change that can happen.
0: How long are the sessions? Are an
1: hour or longer or as long as you they want? We go for an hour and 45 minutes. Yep. And then I usually keep the line open afterwards and we get crazy, <laughs> just like the next group. You might, <laughs> might have a beer in your hand. I don't know. One thing we do say is that we go deep. We okay. will go deep fast. But I, let me tell you something. We can be shallow just like the next group
0: of guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And these happen weekly or
1: how often? Every Monday night. As a matter Every of fact, Monday I was night. counting it up. We're almost to Monday number almost 450 since okay. we begun, Yeah.
0: All right, I'm going to check in Monday night. I want to I'm going to get I may not speak, but I'm going to I'm going to soak it in. So. You
1: you're always welcome. There are guys that will come religiously once a year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the then the point is this is not a this is not a Bible study, it's not a book study. It's not the typical men's group. But, but it does is,
0: it does have I don't know uncles Go this, ahead. This is not fair. I'm going to say it's a combination of An AA meeting with a Bible study with good
1: guys. No, you're right, because there are men who've come up through their recovery program and they're looking for something maybe a little bit more uplifting, not to leave their program, but a yes and. And this is the yes and for that person, because they got burned on organized religion and they can only speak so deeply with their spouse or partner. And they're looking for something a little bit more than their recovery program. So it leaves other men, but we don't trust each other. So that's what we do is we create that space so that we can build that trust and begin to speak from the heart and connect no. on a heart level.
0: No, I like that. I like that. We'll give it a shout Monday. I also wanted to give you a chance just to, the name of the book says it, but talk about the book and what you walk through from the standpoint of what someone, if they pick it up. Sure. We'll get from
1: that. Yeah. Circles of Men, you know, a counterintuitive approach to creating men's groups. And it's part my story. It's part stories of the other men and what we've all experienced together, which there's some really powerful. We've gone through life and death together, literally. And it outlines and lays out 12 things that we can do that are counterintuitive. I've spoke to some of those things that we can come together in a different way than your traditional traditional group so it's for someone who wants to recognize that they're not alone in the world as a man and it's also a guide that someone can use to begin their own men's circle very powerful if you have an extra copy you might send me an autographed copy i'll
0: read it uh, i'll do it <laughs> that sounds like a deal one other thing before before we close i saw the video that you have on your website about the mandala of life and I found that really intriguing. I didn't know what to expect, but it was really intriguing. Can you explain that in short detail to our audience what that's all about?
1: Oh my gosh. When I, because I'm a very visual person, and when I was beginning to put my life together, I was doing it in a heart mapping form. And that is the culmination of several years of how far can I reach out? to be able to bring it in and put it into context. The outer circle is the procession of the equinox, the 26,000-year cycle of the Earth that the ancients knew about. So how does that fit to where I am today? I live on an axis between fear is to love as darkness is to light. So those are the X and Y axes, And compassion, religious tradition, mythology, all of these things are put into context there. And it's a place for me that when I go to it as my form of meditation, I go to a white space in between the lines and I can pause knowing that everything's in order and I can have my meditation. And it's always evolving. It's always in pencil. And I've, do, you, uh, I've, do you
0: mind if I share that with
1: our audience uh, when we do the podcast where you're
0: off of the podcast?
1: You're welcome to. Fantastic. Fantastic
0: so i have one final request this is a homework assignment okay <laughs> okay <laughs> you're you're in austin texas one of my favorite towns in the world so the assignment is for you to find a cause that the third act community can get involved with you to promote help raise money get involved in a positive afford thinking way and if you find that cause we'll put it together and we'll come down there and make a difference for somebody hold a hand help some people in need and do something good. So that's your homework assignment.
1: I accept that. And I've already got two or three great ideas. I love the challenge. I love the opportunity. And, and when you were telling talking about all that you're doing there, it's just, it's fabulous.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for so much for explaining your programs. I offer the uh, Third Act community to go on Clay's website and check it out. He has so many good interviews that everyone will love check those out as well as his life skills course and uh, the book of course so Clay, thank you again appreciate it Enjoy. thanks for it right. thanks Roger yeah. thank you thank you for listening to the third act podcast to find out more about who we are spotlighting how to get involved or find show notes on today's episode go to we are
1: really
0: it go. And most of all I wanna
1: shine a light on good and look to give back And that's what I'll do with my third